It's early morning, and we sit in isolation because of COVID-19. And we have been doing this now for a month, and there's no end in sight as of yet. Hopefully, soon we will be able to have a return to some sort of normalcy, although it won't be what it was prior to the lockdown, the pandemic lockdown. I'm drinking coffee. I'm actually alone. Gary is still sleeping, and I have thought a lot about how to express how I feel about everything during this pandemic, and I, I thought that I should write a, another fictional novel to join my other four fictional novels and children's book out there on Amazon, but I can't focus enough to do that. But one thing that keeps cropping up in my head is my, my dad. The, the nothing really to do with coping with a pandemic or anything like that, but just things that he says. <laughs> you know, things my father says are, I guess I have to say said, because he's been gone since 2001, but his presence is still there. My mother, of course, is very much alive in my head as well, but my dad was the one that said so many memorable, my mother had a ton of memorable <laughs> little sayings, yes, but, but my dad, it, it, they were different, they were incredibly different, I'm not sure how they ever got together, except they were young and and uh, started life together at a very young age, and they were very, very different people in personality. My mother had a big personality, and my dad had a more uh, quiet kind of personality, but that isn't exactly it either, uh, so I'm, I'm not sure. Proper way to describe my dad, my dad had frailties, my dad had frailties for sure. He grew up in deep southeast Texas, where it looks like Georgia. It's nothing like you think of with Texas. People that have never really been to Texas think it's all flat, like West Texas and prairie dogs. <laughs> it, it isn't. You have a vast topography in Texas. So when my dad grew up, it was uh, hilly, very hilly, and red dirt and gorgeous, gorgeous landscaping, the landscaping of it, huge pine trees and all sorts of magnolia trees and sweet gum trees, all sorts of, of trees. So where he grew up was really pretty. He couldn't make a living there, he said. So he moved to Fort Worth, Texas, where he earned his living. And he he would tell great stories. He told great stories about his childhood. He was the oldest of five boys. And he raised the youngest one. And so they were really very close. The middle three were not that close in adult life. Not really. I mean, for the years that 
there were years where they were closer than others, I guess, like all families. But uh, back in the day, they had a a woman who came and, and helped their mother. And her name was Tora, which I think is a, is a great name. And she called, instead of calling them brothers, she would ask how their briar was, which I, I don't know the meaning of that, if there's some kind of other meaning to that. But So that's what they called each other. Uh, hey, briar, hey, briar. They called each other that instead of their names, which I thought was kind of cool because I have a lot of nicknames in my life. But my dad would tell these great stories about where he worked. He was always in my lifetime, he was always the boss of the uh, of his people at his company and he was a genius. His trade initially was tool and die maker, but uh, that's what he learned as a young man and what he taught many other people. But it grew beyond that because he was he was a great mathematician and he invented things and he was so so smart and I'm a big failure in math so I'm I know that disappointed him and he always told me you need math and I would argue that I would never need math in real life how do you need this other than just being able to you know add and subtract and things like that you do you need it in cooking you need it in many many walks of life so he was 100% right. But he told this one story about this guy at, at the office, and he was very rotund, very, very, very rotund. My dad was muscular. He was not. Uh, he was not ever fat. He put on more weight as year, years went on. He was very, very, very slight in his young years. But he, he would talk about this man. This man's last name was Gun, G-U-N-N, and. He would come into my dad's office, and my dad had a wooden, one of these great antique swivel chairs. You see them in movies. You see them in the old movies. With the, they look like uh, stickly furniture, if you're familiar with the way that wooden furniture is made. had a curved back. And, uh, and he would come and sit in one of my dad's chairs. And my dad always wondered how it withheld his weight. It's like, oh, you know, these chairs really are made so well because they they hold its weight until one day when this man's name was Gene and Gene and his wife had the audacity to to name one of their sons Tommy mm-hmm Tommy Gunn get it but he sat down in that chair and my dad heard a noise and he watched as as though in slow motion the chair just sank to the floor under the weight of this man and it, it he wasn't hurt and he didn't get up he just sat there as it went to all the way to the floor what my dad did not do was was bs he did not he really he didn't he was smart and so he was like a detective he knew if a car had been moved. He knew if you had opened a, a, a door. And he said that about me. It's like I would close my bedroom door when I went to school, and I didn't want anyone going in there. And he said, if anybody even opens that door, she knows it. It was true, so I inherited that trait. But there was a story of, of someone that he did not, he could see through BS, and he could see through lies. 
He may not call it out, but he could see through it. And so myself, not appreciating liars and people who don't tell the truth when it's just as easy. Uh, they, they will lie when the truth is just as easy. Um, I don't like people who cheat, who steal, or lie. And he would tell, and so this, this uh, and he knew a lot about everything. He could, he could wire a house, he could plumb a house, he could build a house. He did. I've seen him. <laughs> and there wasn't anything that would baffle him when he decided to raise uh, some horses. He took on training them and trained himself to be a trainer. And, and so he was just this amazing, but yet, as I said, flawed man. And, and uh, you wouldn't want to cross my dad, by the way, uh, although I uh, was able to go toe-to-toe with him because I think <laughs> I'm not like him. But uh, this one incident happened where this person was very late and he was very worried and uh, the the car arrived with this person and uh, shone the lights uh, into the into the house. This was a person he was had been waiting on, and and so the person says, uh, "I'm late." My my dad was very angry about it, and and the person says, "Well, I couldn't get here because the car the person bringing me's car broke down." And he said, it, 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 how? Because it sounded fine and it looked fine. Well, it was the generator. And he said, don't tell me that when those headlights were that bright. No, that isn't what happened. So he could see through people and things. And I just always appreciated that so much about him. So I think during this time, of isolation, instead of writing fictional things, I want to share some of these these great stories. Uh, some of them seem kind of cruel that my dad <laughs> would tell. The the first three brothers in his family, uh, his name was Daryl, Daryl Lee. His second brother was William Franklin. And the third was Robert Cecil. Well, the the third one, the and the fourth one was Lloyd Weldon, and the final one was El Ray. And uh, but where they lived in deep southeast Texas, the piney woods of southeast Texas, these massive hills were near their home. And right now there are or there were, I haven't been back in many years, but there were historical markers. One was by a magnolia tree as being the largest one in Texas on their land. And the other one was for this beef road that they called it beef road because cattle people brought uh, people, uh, cows through this road, this dirt, red dirt road that was, complete forest uh, on each side. As a matter of fact, I think it's the Angelina forest that, that is there. I may be wrong about that, but it is a forest, a, a designated forest uh, there. And they would bring trucks through, and logging trucks as well on this road, mainly, really mainly logging. 
but they would get on one side of the road and they would put their they would put Cecil, the third brother, Frank and my dad, into a tire. And they would roll him down that hill. And, you know, and so in later life, Cecil wasn't really that close to, to my dad. And, and one time they told him to climb up a pine tree to get some pine cones or something. And they chopped the tree down when he was in the top of the tree. He wasn't hurt. They were rough and tumble, rough and tumble guys. One funny story, and I do have an, an antique plow that belonged in my dad's family. They were having to plow a, a garden with a horse. I mean, you're talking way, I'm talking way, way back there. And uh, he and his brother were taking turns doing it. And they were really mad, so they were cussing. And my grandfather, they didn't know I was walking behind them, and they got in a lot of trouble for doing that. But, but you know, through the years, my dad has uh, has told great stories. And so I'm... I'm leaning on that, and I'm leaning on, on finding finding a way to get through each day without uh, letting it letting it get too scary. And I both are, and we are. We're finding we're finding that way. But I've just thought a lot about my dad, and even though he was he was flawed, he was imperfect, like we all are. But he had this code of honor. He had a code of honor. He was the kind of man that would give you his last dollar if you needed it. He would give you, he would help you in any way. If you were, if you were decent people, I mean, he didn't have any use for people that did not have uh, integrity, that didn't have a moral compass. He didn't have use for that. But if you were, if you were a person of integrity and honor, no matter if you had no money, that mattered not to him. But you could still have a code of honor. And my maternal grandfather loved to tell the story of being in jail, of being in jail, being in the hospital, uh, very, very uh, ill. And my dad came to see him and chatted with him. And when my dad left, my grandfather realized that my dad had stuffed a hundred dollar bill under his pillow just you know as a gesture to if you need anything in other words here's here's a hundred dollars it may not seem like much but it, it was I mean my dad was that kind he would if you were stopped on the side of the road and you needed help he would help you and sometimes that's really dangerous to do and I wouldn't recommend it today at all <laughs> but back in the day he would do that, and he he really would. Uh, he would. He never passed a lemonade stand or any kid that came to the door selling. He would, even if he only had a small amount of money, he would get what he could to contribute to the to the cause, as it were. He was. He was a giver, in that way. He would, he, he understood the importance of helping the fellow man. So this is, this is uh, entry one into what I'm temporarily calling the things my father said. Don't know if I'll do another entry, but I have done one. 
And that's the beginning.